and uh, cleanup efforts <laughs> somewhat. Um, you know, but I tell you, uh, we've been having live shrimp for a week now, and um, I think I, I talked to you last Saturday, Sunday, we went and caught some bait. So we've been having live bait for a week. Um, not many people fishing. I know a lot of people still messed up with their houses, and, you know, everybody that I talk to from here to Narco is, you know, is messed up and, you know, all kinds of just horror stories that you hear. Um, but uh, the guys that did get out to get get to come down and come fishing this week, and it was very few, but everybody caught fish. They did really, really well uh, on a backside of the dam going down the Long Rocks. Uh, it was just a – it was – I mean, the fishing's on fire, and it usually is after – we get some kind of event like this, and even but even locally, right up around the marina here, going in the chip, in the ship channel, going up towards uh, La Bus Cut, plenty of redfish along those rocks. So these guys did really really well uh, this past week. The guys who did get to get out to go fishing, um, uh, I know I'm gonna get asked this already. Teal season it looks like it's gonna be a bust around here. Um, you know the guys that went. Scouting, uh, Captain Jimmy Carley went scouting yesterday behind Delacroix. He said he went. He said the marsh is so beat up back there. He says just it, it, it's it's a shame what it looks like back there. He said, um, but he says no birds. Um, and you know, Don, we had some birds down here before before Ida came through. I don't know if they went and blew all the way. To, you know, if they if the, they blew, if it blew them back up or they went to Mexico or or they went further. You know, further west, I'm not sure where they went, but um, there's no sign of teal around this area here. So, um, but I got, I do have some some guy, a group of guys going out right now to go try. So, hopefully they'll they'll get on some and kill some birds this morning. But you know, uh, cleanup efforts done after the storm is still underway. People, you know, just be careful when you're coming down here because there's a a lot of big uh, piles of debris on the side of the road, but um, hey, we're here. We got live bait, and if you want to come fishing, and today's your day to go. And I say this all the time: today, Saturday, is your day to go. Hook the left at the bridge. Come on down and see us. We open. We got, we got, we got gas. We got ice. We got whatever you need. We're gonna get you going. Come on down and see us. Robbie, you know I am amazed at how fast some of the areas have come back, getting power, getting back up. I mean, just think about this thing. We're only like, what, 12 or 13 days away from one of the biggest storms ever to hit Louisiana, and and you're pretty much back in business as usual. Well, you know, Don, it, it, look, it just don't, it, it's a lot of work getting this place back up and running as fast as we did. You know, uh, you know our crew here, we, we don't mess around, man. You know, and we had a lot of... Oh, we didn't have damage. We just had marsh grass to deal with and some mud. Um, my cousins over at Delacroix at Serenades, at, you know, Del- and, and Captain Jackal, Jack Payne over at Sweetwater, they, they, man, they took a big hit. All of Delacroix took a really big hit. Um, now they, you know, they build, they have, you know, blew the building apart. I mean, they, they had, it's in shambles down there, you know. Uh, I'm just, you know, uh, we didn't get it that bad. Um, Delacroix looked like it took a big hit, and you know uh, it's just the way that just the way it comes in. You know, look in 2012, I took the hit. I, you know, for Isaac, I lost the whole big the whole building that we had here. So, you know, I, I know all about getting tore up. So, I mean, it, it happens, and you know, we we had you know minimal damage, you know, grass cleanup, and uh, you know, it's a lot of work though, Don. Man, wow, what a lot, of, man. Ooh, ooh, I don't want to do that again. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting too old for this stuff, Don. Yeah, you had enough practice. You don't need any more practice at doing it. You got it down. Yeah, I'm getting to be an expert at this, and I, and you know, I just don't. Yeah. Man, it's it's exhausting, you know. And and then you lose. But nobody needs it, you know. We you know, we lost uh, two weeks of work here, you know. So it's but, like I said. The fish that are, the people that did fish this week and did and you know and yesterday, people that come down and went, they did really well. So, you know, hopefully we'll get some people out this morning. And you know, we we wanted the only you know I think Hope Bale is up and running, but uh, you know we got live bait. I know Mr. Boogie went out. He caught some uh, caught some live bait down in Hope Bale. So, you know, there's it, it, only a couple places that that's really open that you could go and 
you know, right now, I, I don't know what Sweetwater's got going on or Serenade's got going on down there. Um, I got my own stuff to deal with. I hadn't had a chance to really sit down and talk with anybody. But from the pictures that I've seen, they, you know, they, they took a really big hit. And I, I don't know when it's going to be before they get, you know, they get back up and running. Um, it, it's going to be yeah, quite well, a while. Well, you know what you need? And you're going to be seeing a lot of new faces, you know, people that are used to, you know, people get the creatures of habit. They like to launch the same place. They know their routine. But, unfortunately, it's going to have to change for some people until Delicate Grow can get back on their feet. And I have seen those same pictures, and uh, I wouldn't be headed down that way anytime soon. We'll try to get an update maybe in the coming weeks and uh, try to help those folks get back on their feet. But until then, glad to hear Campos is standing strong and ready to go. Absolutely, Don. You know, so, like I said, Come on down, hook the left, and come see us. We'll be waiting on you. Okay, buddy. Take care. We'll catch up with you next week. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All righty, Robbie Campo. How many storms have the Campos been through? That would be a real trivia question. <laughs> we come back after this. Uh, we're going to be talking to Sheriff Jerry Turlich in a few minutes uh, down in Plaquemines Parish about access to some of the areas down there. Get to your text messages. Shoot us one, 504 Two six zero one eight seventy. Lots of information coming your way right after this. So glad to hear Robbie Campo and the marina down in Shell Beach uh, survived and uh, doing pretty well back in action there. Other areas not so much. Uh, Grand Isle going to be a long, hard road back to recovery. Uh, Leeville devastated. Uh, Golden Meadow, Fushon, those areas there, extreme damage. Uh, I would stay away from those areas unless you're a camp owner, a property owner, and got some restoration work to do. Uh, leave uh, Those folks uh, don't need any more traffic or additional uh, people down on the island right now. There's no services. There's no water. There's no electricity. And they're being told to enter at your own risk. Uh, Plaquemines Parish, a little bit different story. Uh, they are starting to recover, let people going back down there. In a few minutes, we're going to talk to Sheriff Jerry Turlich because a lot of you teal hunters uh, want to get down there early and are concerned about the curfew and uh, setting up checkpoints going into the parish. We'll have that in detail for you. Also, Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is recommending that you use extreme caution if you're going to be headed out. Uh, you know, the, the strike uh, of Hurricane Ida caused a lot of destruction down trees and branches and marsh vegetation. Canals are going to be blocked, some paths and roadways that normally you would take, so be aware of that. And uh, we, we did get a couple of fish kills reported. Lake Salvador, Bayou des Almonds, I did see some photographs of some freshwater fish. Don't know whether the, the cause of death of those fish was a dissolved oxygen problem or whether it was saltwater intrusion or a combination of the two. Uh, that's pretty much the only two I've seen. Uh, also be aware of displaced wildlife. Uh, you know, they, you're going to find alligators and snakes and, in some cases, deer up on levees, uh, places where they're not normally found. And the uh, Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is working on that now, and I have not seen any advisories or changes for the coming deer season. Uh, you may recall in other years when we've been hit by high tides and storm surges, uh, they have made some special adjustments to the seasons to protect those stranded, but so far haven't heard anything about that. I did get information on uh, triggerfish and red grouper for you offshore fishermen. Uh, it's going to be closed in the Gulf, effective 12.01 a.m. on Wednesday, September the 15th. So you still got a little time to get the triggerfish in the groupers, but uh, after that it will be off until the season reopens. All right, let me check on some of our text messages. This one says, uh, I'm curious about the lake in Bogachita Wilderness Trail off I-59 north in Pearl River. Is it a good lake to catch It's from DR in Belchase? Uh, that is one of the best-kept secrets around. It's easily accessed, as you said, off I-59. It's, a, it's basically a small lake right on the interstate. It's got a little service road you take, get back in there. Uh, it's got a gate, and at certain hours it's open and closed. But that lake is annually stocked by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service right prior to the National Fishing Day celebration, which is in early June. They put bass, catfish, and brim in there. Now, Sokolay, white perch, uh, there's probably some in there, but I don't recall them ever actually stocking them. Uh, I don't know if it's deep enough to support a good white perch population. But believe me, there's some really good freshwater fishing, especially the catfish, clean banks. There's actually a little, couple little fishing piers in there. And there's no charge to go in there. It's part of our National Wildlife Refuge, which I got some really good news if you hunt on National Wildlife Refuges. They, 
uh, have expanded thanks to, you, you might remember a few weeks ago, I put a word out that they were looking for input from people who wanted to make suggestions about increasing hunting opportunities on the Southeast Louisiana Refuge Complex, all those uh, management areas. And I'm telling you, they have opened it up. There's a lot of different species and methods you can take them, and I'm going to kind of run that down a little bit later on. I also have someone headed to Quitman to feed the turkeys and the deer, move the stands. Lots of young jakes. Be safe. God bless the people of Lafitte. That's from uh, Big Mike down at Bayou Liberty. And be careful out there in those woods. You're probably going to experience some downed trees and stuff you're going to need to clear off and, you know, get things ready for deer season for sure. Uh, here's the backstrap stacker. He's checking in from Josephine, Alabama. He's headed offshore, get his last snapper trip of the season, and then he'll be hitting the, the woods until February. Yeah, a lot of people are going to be getting out there doing that. All right, we also have this one. Uh, Don, I went to Lafitte on Thursday to help a friend got his house. Devastating to see such hardworking people lose so much. The military has built a temporary bridge to the Barataria side and are controlling the flow across. Lots of relief help going on down there right now. Prayer for all those affected. That's Sherman uh, listening to us in Covington. Yeah, Lafitte is another one of those very hard-hit areas. Uh, Marina's not operating. Uh, hopefully, the, you know, Tofield Bourgeois Jr. can get his place back up and running. You know, Tofield, when he built that place, he built it planning for storm surges and floods, and uh, he's got it pretty much down to where, of course, it takes work and time, but hopefully they'll get that that lodge uh, back up and running. All right, Justin's in the Gentilly Refuge. All well there with no storm damage. Glad to hear that, Justin. He sends his prayers to Dave Turgeon and Lafitte, whose house flooded uh, for the only time in 30-plus years he's lived there. Yeah, there's been a lot of areas that have never flooded before, and Hurricane Ida did the trick. Uh, Dixie George, uh, he says Dixie Ranch is here. They're going to be clearing roads. But the good thing, got enough firewood for years, praying for everyone. All right, if you want to shoot us a text, 504-260-1870 is it. When we come back after this, we're going to talk to Plaquemines Parish Chef Jerry Turlich, get the, the straight story on access to Plaquemines for you early morning teal hunters and uh, anyone else going down to the lower areas of Plaquemines, east and west sides. Back with that right after this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque. Radio. All right, I have a text from uh, Richard listening to us in Mount Hermon. I wanted to know if it's too early to determine whether the Grand Isle will be able to host a tarpon rodeo next year. Uh, I'm going to take a wild guess and say it's possible. Uh, the marina, the farm marina that used to be Sand Dollar, where the, all the festivities are held, I saw some pictures of it, and uh, it was remodeled just before this year's rodeo. Uh, Ryan Retief is the manager. It's now known as the Grand Isle Marina. And it was built according to new specs, and I'm telling you, it looked perfect. It looked like you could go into and do business the day after the storm passed. So that structure is intact, but all the way down to it, it's just devastation. And uh, we'll keep updating you on the Grand Isle situation. All right, we're going to take a quick 10-second pause. When I come back, Sheriff Jerry Turlich of Plaquemines Parish joins us to talk about access to the parish, especially with you early morning teal hunters in mind. We'll be back right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Plaquemines Parish Chef Jerry Turlitz joins us now. And, Jerry, what can you tell us about access into the parish, both east and west sides, for people who are planning on doing some teal hunting this morning and during the week? All right. Good morning, Don. Okay, so an uh, update on the east bank. The curfew on the east bank, uh, once they got fully restored with power and water, um, we, we lifted the curfew, so they will have access on the east bank. I talked to... The marina owner, Don Beschel, and he was more than welcoming uh, our, our teal hunters on the East Bank. As far as our, our West Bank, I rode down to Venice myself uh, yesterday, and they, they still had transformers on the ground, uh, especially by the Venice Marina. They had some low-hanging wires. So Entergy was still kind of getting down there and, uh, and and getting us fixed up. So we, we still have a curfew in place from Alliance to Venice. So Nothing is moving on the road right now, and no one will launch until daylight hours. And, okay, and that will continue until further notice when the power gets back up and 
Transformers and the mess down there gets cleaned up in Venice. Um, how how was the drive down there? I mean, is the road passable at this point? Yeah, the road's passable, and Entergy was actually lifting the poles in the Fort Jackson area, area yesterday. But they still have some work to do once they get over Jump Basin Road. Um, they, 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 they still had, like, some low-hanging wires. They still had some transformers that, that were actually on the ground. So they still got a little work to do. But, look, that, them guys, I tip my hat to them. The, the, uh, the Antigy and the linemen down here have been uh, uh, fabulous. They, they, they really are working quickly to get us restored. So um, what would someone expect if they were driving down on the west side? Where are your checkpoints set up for, to enforce the curfew? Okay, we have checkpoints down by Alliance Refinery. Um, you really can't go south. Uh, you know, Don, and, and we try to be empathetic to anyone who has camps. We, we really do. We, we, we want you to get down there. We want you to seal your roof if you have leaking roofs because that, that, that is we, we're meeting that a lot on the roadblocks. And, look, we don't want to impede anyone from going protect their property. But at the same token, we, we want them to be safe. Um, uh, just, just a, for instance, last night you had a couple young young kids uh, going to Lake Hermitage and hit a cow on the road. So that's either even other factors that that people don't take into consideration when they're coming down here, especially with no power. Uh, that there are cattle on the road and and they're hard to keep off the road, uh, especially in that section where where we're where we're letting them go north and south on a two way undivided road. From Alliance to Point Lahash. You know, uh, Jerry. Another thing people need to be con- concerned and aware of is there's not any services down there. I'm sure the hospital's not there for medical care. Maybe, maybe in a case of an emergency, someone would be there. But you know, the, the roads are. You know, the, if you get a flat tire, I mean, there's, there's no there's no electricity down there. Things are tough. It's pretty primitive, and probably the best thing is to. Just stay away from there until – it doesn't sound like it's going to be too much longer before it gets opened back up again. Yeah, we're hoping – look, we get on our feet real, sooner rather than later. Uh, so it's just a temporary halt to, to our hunters not being able to leave until daylight hours. So if they just patient, uh, let us get on our feet. It, it's, it's going to be sooner rather than later. Uh, and these guys will, will, will be business as usual uh, coming, uh, coming up here shortly. And where can they find out uh, updates? Is there a website that's active that that gives you know road openings and closures and curfew curfew opening and closure times? Yeah, we do a lot of social media. You can you can check uh, the Plaquemines Parish Sheriff's uh, Facebook pages. I know I do a lot personally and and keep people update on on my two pages. Also, Plaquemines Parish Government. I think Kirk and his staff has been doing a pretty good job of uh, keep putting information out there. Um, just stay tuned. Again, I, I don't think it's going to be a whole lot longer. So I know these guys are itching to get out there and, and, and do something they love. But uh, like you said, we have very limited medical services. We have, uh, look, my guys are on some roadblocks. So, you know, uh, we have just limited personnel, limited resources right now. Got it. Jerry, thanks for the update. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the great job you guys do in Plaquemines. We appreciate it. I appreciate it. Have a good day, Don. Okay. You too. Sheriff Jerry Turlich, uh, Plaquemines Parish Sheriff's Office. Okay. East side, good to go. West side, uh, got to wait for daylight. Curfew is in effect. And, uh, you know, from Alliance to Venice, uh, pretty primitive conditions in there. Might want to reconsider any trips. Unless you're a property owner and you need to get down there and work in place and um, do some restoration. All right. We'll come back after this. Uh, see if we can get a hold of Captain Kirk. They went through this stuff last year twice. And uh, things are a little different over in southwest Louisiana. You go from Lafayette to the Texas state line and a whole lot less damage and, boy, a whole lot more teal. I think he's probably headed out there. Hopefully we can get him before he gets into the blind. I'm talking about Captain Kirk Stancil, Hackberry, Rod and Gun, up next. And we bring in Captain Kirk. Kirk Stancil, that is, Hackberry, Rod, and Gun over there in the Calcasieu area. Captain Kirk, it's early morning and teal season is here. What you guys got going on over there? Well, I'm dressed in camo. So. <laughs> yeah, that's appropriate. I'm glad you are. A lot of folks, yes, unfortunately, are not. But you guys should be ready. And, man, I got a good report on how many teal are in the marshes over there. What you been seeing? Uh, yeah, I got I got that report from, uh, I guess you got the one from uh, Larry Reynolds. Right, exactly. 
Yeah, yeah, I got that report. And, you know, we've been seeing some birds. Uh, the particular marshes we hunt, they're not loaded up, but there's birds coming through. I mean, we, we should have a good shoot this morning. Uh, well, it's going to be comfortable. How about this little change in weather, huh? Nice. It's real nice, yeah. That, uh, should, and there's a little wind. should keep the bugs down. It should be it should be a good shoot this morning, I think. How I mean, many blinds y'all have? Out, uh, we we got five blinds going this morning. So uh, we'll go out there and bang away at them. But, uh, and we saw, you know, saw a few teal putting decoys out yesterday. You know, nothing impressive where you like, oh, my God. But it was definitely enough where you have a good shoot. Yeah. Well, you know how that changes by moment by moment with teal. They, they oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, hard. absolutely. You know, I've seen plenty of mornings where I've been out there. Like, I mean, nothing early where, you know, where they weren't water's a little high, not many birds in the marsh. And once they start shooting them in the rice fields and fields, they'll they'll go to buzzing around and uh, they'll be flying around. I'd be happy just to sit out in a nice, cool marsh and watch the the, the, the flapping glides, or whatever's out there. It's just a beautiful <laughs> yeah. morning. Yeah, and I'm starting a fresh pup this morning. This is going to be her first go. Uh, Clyde's, Clyde's no longer with me. And, oh uh, no! Oh, well. Yeah, well, Clyde didn't cut it. You know, I, I kept him till he was six years old and. Dad gum, he yeah. got worse as he got older. So, you know, I, I found mm-hmm. him a good home, and uh, now I got uh, Peggy. Peggy, and now is she black, white, chocolate? She's a black. Black yeah. lab, yeah. Black well, lab, we got yes, Clyde sir. on video. You know, we we can, we can always watch him, and you know, let him watch himself in his retirement when he was <laughs> he was younger right. and, and pinging them ducks Peggy, up, I mean, picking was, them back up. Yeah, yeah, he you know he did. I, I, that's the second dog I had in a row that got worse as they got older. And I'm and I mean it's not like they don't get any practice; they get a lot of practice. You know, I go every day, and it's just yeah. it was yeah. You're not cutting it, Clyde. Anytime I've got, I get a dog so I don't have to go get ducks. And I got to the point where I had to get out. If the duck didn't fall right out in front of the blind in the water, I had to get out mm-hmm. and walk with him to the uh, end of grass to get the duck. And I just don't get it. No, he had no, a good you need, nose. You need something. He had a good nose. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so anyway, well, hopefully y'all will be done with the teal early. Get your six each and and put them, pack them in the ice chest, and then do some fishing. You got a casting yeah, blast going on? Yeah, oh yeah, we have casting blast going on, and uh, you know the fishing's been decent. You know we've had a lot of wind the last couple of days, made it tougher. Uh, most of the fish we're catching's up and down along the ship channel. They're they're staging. They're kind of on the. Uh, the channel ledges. I mean, not you know, not up against the rock, but way out. I mean, anchor in eighteen, twenty foot of water and cast up toward the ledge, and uh, that's that's where they are. And catching them with a popping cork, live shrimp. You know, and it's weird. I mean, it's 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 most people look at you like you're crazy where you're anchored and fishing, but uh, that's where we're having the best results. Well, I'll fish wherever the fish are. How about the flounder? That's Y'all right. getting a little flounder run? Not yet, and it, it, it'll yeah. get started in uh. October, you know, usually when we get a few fronts, good fronts that cool the water down and push some water out of the marsh, the flounder mm-hmm. will get going. That, you know, the good run is usually from about mid-October through November. Right. Well, Kirk, I'm going to let you get busy because I know you're going to be getting a duck call and loading the guns up momentarily and getting ready to do that. Uh, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, though, you're probably going to be here for some new customers. You know, the central part of the state was really devastated. That Grand Isle, Leeville, Fushion Corridor. <laughs> Well, you guys went through it last year. You know what it is, and people still going to want to get right. out and hunt and fish. So, uh, you know, you guys are fine, open, and open for business and things as usual. So. Yes, we are. You know, I mean, I feel for, the, for them. I know what they're going through. My heart goes out to them. Uh, just, you know, but they're they're strong like we are over here. I mean, this is South Louisiana, and uh, everybody will get through it. We'll persevere. Yes, indeed. Give people the information to check out the marina on the website, and also if they want to give you a call and look for some open dates. Maybe they had dates planned to fish or hunt in other areas, and that's been canceled, but they they still got the want to go. That's true, and we you know we can accommodate. Uh, our uh, web address is hackberryrodandgun.com. You have to spell out the word and, not the and sign. And then we have a toll-free number. It's 888-762-3391. Kirk, I just got a text, and somebody said they bet you're sweating bullets dressed in camo. What kind of camo you use for TLC? You got some nice light, airy stuff? 
I do, absolutely. It's, I mean, I, it's it's light stuff. It's just a, it's a Drake shirt that's got the vent, you know, the vented back, and it's, it's short sleeve, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I'm very comfortable. Of course, I hope I'm not in the blind when it, you know, reaches 85 degrees. I won't be in, yeah, maybe won't you'll be in the blind when it reaches 85. <laughs> you'll be fishing. All right, well, well we right. check back with you. Let me know how the new pup does and, uh, you know, uh, give uh, give old Clyde a, a biscuit for me. He deserved it. He had a long career. I'll, I'll sure do it. That's right, he did. I'll All right, Kirk. Have thank a good you. hunt. We'll good talk to you next week. All right, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Kirk Stancil, Hackberry Rod and Gun. Check them out. Great place over there. Great people. Got a beautiful lodge. They've got all the things you need, speckled trout, redfish, flounder, and, of course, teal. And then you got your big duck season coming on. We come back after this, uh, talk to Daryl Carpenter. Yes, Grand Isle. Find out what the restoration plans are looking like and the latest developments on the island. We'll be back to talk to Daryl after this time out. Well, over the last 12 days, I was called into emergency broadcast duty, and one of the places uh, I was unfortunate to hear the devastation was Grand Isle, talking to Mayor David Carmadell, and it's a pretty rough situation down in Grand Isle. Darrell Carpenter weekly reports on that area. He operates realscreamers.com, his fishing camp down in the Grand Isle area. He joins us now to give us the latest. Darrell, what's, uh, what's the latest on the island? How's it looking? Well, Don, there's progress being made. Uh, stuff's getting cleaned up. Uh, and, and actually, you know, I mean, I've always been one that government can't do it nearly as efficiently as, a, as private industry can. But they're moving along at a pretty good clip. Um, you know, the highway's been cleaned up. They're allowing residents back in to come in and protect their stuff and so forth. Um, they still don't have water access. We still don't have uh, natural gas. And as of yet, I mean, they're still trying to get everything cleaned up. Energy hasn't made any physical efforts yet to really start repairing the grid. Uh, You know, they're doing their engineering and they're getting their plans and everything together. So it's probably going to be a little while yet before we get electricity back. The original estimates we heard was the end of the month. Um, they supposedly do have now have a contractor in working on the water line breaks to where they can try to start restoring water service. Um, I'm hoping that by the end of the month, we're able to at least start making some plans, so to speak, um, you know, to find out when we think we're going to be able to accommodate not not what Grand Isle was, maybe initially, maybe not the you know the tourist mecca it was for the, for South Louisiana, but at least those of us that have clients that want to come in, you know that we can house them for a day or so, and and then you know I don't, I don't want to sell wrong we can house them for a day or so then let them get out of the way so to speak, but to where we can get back to some form of business and start getting some revenue coming in because that's going to be the tough spot for, for a lot of your fishing guides. Uh, we're not big corporations. We're individuals. And, you know, we've got to get back to work before too long because we don't have a backstop. Uh, one of the marinas uh, fared pretty well. The new uh, Grand Isle Marina, formerly Sand Dollar, uh, I believe you might have been the one that sent the pictures to me. That It looked like it weathered it very well and that they could be in uh, operation tomorrow if, if they had power and water. From what I saw, I didn't physically go on the property, but from what I saw from the tour I took, it looks like they're missing one or two sheets of tin off of the off of the main building, and that was over some of the apartments. And, you know, yeah, like we talked about last week, from the looks of it, it looks like if they had power and water, they could unlock the doors and be in business tomorrow. Um, I, I haven't... I haven't toured the island, so to speak, because I'm trying to you know, trying to heed their warnings and stay out of the way. I'm taking care of my stuff. But what I do see is I think that with the amount of structures that were damaged on the island, including our mom-and-pop hotels and motels, some of which hadn't even repaired fully from Zeta, um, I think we're going to have a problem. I think one of the things we as guides are going to have to address, we're going to have a problem with places to stay for our people. So that may be something that we have to work on. You know, we may have to work on maybe bringing in some lodging, bringing in some travel trailers, bringing in something to where we can get our people 
you know, have our people a place to stay. You know, possibly these, I don't know if you've seen them, but they've got these portable little, they're not FEMA trailers, but they're, they're trailers with, with living quarters in them. And a lot of the linemen, I've seen the, the people that have been coming in from out of state to work on the electricity grid, and that's where they've been staying in some of those. Maybe parking some of those down there. They're mobile. If another storm comes, you can pull them out of there. Maybe that could be a solution. I, I think you're right, Don. Uh, I think that it may need to have something to make people more comfortable. It may need to have something other than just a bunk in a day room. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think that you just hit on something that you're going to see is going to become the overwhelming trend. Um, you know, by the time that these structures get looked at real good, the engineering gets done, and a lot of them are not going to get grandfathered in and have to have to go back to the new code, uh, I think you're going to see an overwhelming trend of nothing but pavilions with RVs parked under them on Grand Isle. Right. Darrell, we'll keep tracking the progress in Grand Isle. Thank you for your help and your information. We always appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. Hang in there, my friend. You know, just take it one oh, yeah. bite at a time. You know what I mean? That's how you eat elephant. <laughs> That's it. All right. See you later. Captain Darrell Carpenter, realscreamers.com. All right, Ronnie Daniels, the uh, Mississippi Charter Boat Commission, is going to join us to talk about an invitation extended to Louisiana charter boat fishermen. We'll tell you more about that. Mike Gallo's report, Ryan Lambert, Brendan Bayard, all coming up on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And welcome into hour number two of our post Hurricane Ida radio program. Joining us now is Captain Ronnie Daniels. He is the Mississippi Charter Boat Commissioner, and he's here to tell us about an, an invitation extended to Louisiana charter boat operators and their customers. Ronnie, good morning. Uh, thanks for being with us, and a really heartfelt thanks to Mississippi for offering this extension. If you would, please explain what the, the state of Mississippi is offering to Louisiana charter boat operators and their customers. Good morning, Don. Thank you for having me on. Um, I got a call earlier this week from our director saying, you know, here's here's what we're thinking about. We want to try to do something to help our neighbors over there next to us. And what's going on here is Louisiana charter boat operators can come over, you know, this western end of the Mississippi Gulf Coast, seven miles out, you cross over in Louisiana waters. Um, Louisiana charter boat operators and, and clients can come over, fish out of our ports over here without having to buy any type of license. Um, they can go out, fish the Bluxy Marsh, all the way out to the Chandeliers, even the offshore boats come back in, land their fish in Mississippi, and they won't have to have any type of license. Um, that's guaranteed through the end of the year, and it's not only charter boats. Mississippi has also made a declaration where they're waiving all seafood uh, transport fees coming out of Louisiana as well for the commercial fishermen. That's that's a very generous offer, and of course, I believe the non-resident charter license is like fifteen hundred dollars if you if you're from out of state and you fish out of a, a Mississippi port. So that's a, a, a really super extension, and I hope a lot of the captains are listening and will take advantage of that. I'm sure the next questions they would ask, uh, you know, you operate over there, the Fisherman's Guide Service. Um, is there boat docking of areas available, boat slips uh, and, and cleaning tables for them to uh, properly take care of their customers and maybe store their boat there while they're waiting for their marinas to get back up? Absolutely. You know, I've, I've always kind of joked about it with people. And, uh, you know, I say in Louisiana, you can't find a boat launch that you can launch for free. Well, in Mississippi, you can't find one that you got to pay to launch. <laughs> Most of all of our uh, <laughs> arbors are, are state-owned property. They're free to launch at. Past Christian has done a really good job of getting us back up and running here in our harbor since the most recent storm. They cleared it up. Uh, real quick, Bay St. Louis, most of theirs are in operation. Pretty much most of them along the coast are up and operating. And it looks like all the all the captains around here and the grants, we want to do what we can to relieve some of the burden off of the guys over there. We know what it feels like. And uh, anything we can do to help them out, we, we welcome them over here. Very good, Ronnie. Very, very generous of you guys, and glad to see the two states working together on this. Well, you got a fishing trip to go on this morning. What you going to catch? 
Well, you know, the speckled trout have been really good this week. Uh, redfish are looking pretty good. Hopefully this wind won't pick up too much on us. I tell you, this is my favorite time of the year. We got that little bit of chill in the air this morning. I know those shrimp going to be jumping out the water when we get there today. Nice, cool day for sure. Ronnie, if somebody wants to get more information on this, this program or contact some of the marinas there, or, you know, to find out about availability, uh, is there a good website they can go to? Well, the, uh, the press release is out on the MDMR Facebook page, and it's also out on the MDMR uh, website. If they have any questions about it or just want to get a little clarification, they can call the MDMR. Um, all they have to do is Google Mississippi Department of Marine Resources, and they can get them set straight on, on everything that we've got going on here, whether it be the commercial fisheries or the charter fisheries. Very good. Ronnie, thanks again on behalf of the Louisiana charter boat industry, the passengers, thanks to the state of Mississippi and you guys with the Charter Boat Commission. Uh, let me ask you one last question. You're fishing live or artificial this morning? Man, once we get into this time of the year, I'm straight artificial. We fish most of our lives throughout the summer. Um, you know, we have a really good fishery over here where we'll use live croakers during the summer. Right now, we're swapping back over to artificial, and I'll probably be that way all the way through the winter. Go get them. Ronnie, thanks again. We appreciate your time. Thank you for having me on, Don. Y'all have a great day. All righty, quite welcome. Mississippi extending a helping hand to Louisiana charter industry and their passengers. All right, we come back after this. Let's talk to Captain Mike Gallo. Uh, talking to him last week, a uh, week before last. Not too much. It wasn't too bad over there in the Slidell area, Salt Bayou. They had some damage, but he'll give us the latest report if you're planning on heading out that way. Also, you got to be concerned about debris and damage out in the waterways and hazards, those type of things. He'll head off any potential problems. Back with Captain Mike's report. He was born on the bayou, they say. Back after this. And our Born on the Bayou report with Captain Mike Gallo is presented by CETO. You know him for $179 for an entire year. You get unlimited fuel drops, electrical starts, whatever it takes to get you back safely to the dock. It's like having a AAA policy on the water. It's peace of mind for you and especially your loved ones. And a membership is just a call away. Call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545 or a simple click to CETO.com. Captain Mike Gallo joins us now from the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge on Salt Bayou. And, Mike, the cleanup continues. Uh, a lot of people are wanting to know, what are the water conditions? Have you been out since the storm? And what's it looking like out there in the Chef area and Lake Catherine, Lake Bourne, Biloxi Marsh? Well, Don, the cleanup does continue, moving right along. I fortunately have the Spots and Dots Lake House Lodge up and running. My group from Texas is in town, and we went out yesterday, had three boats go out into the Biloxi Marsh, Um, did well on redfish. We did catch a few incidental speckled trout as well as a few bass. Um, There's lots of dirty water in the local area. Uh, On my way back yesterday, we went through the chef and cut across the middle ground of Lake Pontchartrain over towards... uh, salt bayou and all of that water is very muddy looks like river water um the 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 majority of lake Bourne is dirty until you get a couple of miles from the biloxi marsh and it starts to get clean starts to get green and as you get closer to the marsh or deeper into the marsh you have really clean water where you can see down several feet um I did make a trip earlier in the week, sort of a scout trip to go make sure all of my routes in and out of the marsh didn't have sandbars or debris floating around. There are still some debris. I wouldn't leave until close to 7 o'clock where you have plenty of visibility where you can see things that may be floating so you don't run into and have a hazard. But as far as uh, my trip earlier in the week, we fished plastic shrimp under a cork, Caught about 40 trout. Of those 40 trout, we kept 14. We then switched over to redfish. We fished the, fished the Matrix Craw, Texas rig, like bass fishermen do. And um, I think we had six 
redfish before we called it a day right around one time. So the fishing is still good. It's just a matter of, um, you know, getting over there and being safe on your way over there. Um, as usual, Southeast Louisiana will rebound. It's just going to take time. It's a process. Some of us, like myself, know it well. Um, you know, it's going to all work out. It just takes time. Yeah. Well, it's good that the fishing report was good. Um, did you notate any damage to the Biloxi Marsh? You know, that is a tough marsh because it's got that Spartina grass in it, which has got a tough, tough root ball. Other areas that have been restored, like, you know, Delacroix through the Carnarvon, you know, diversion, you know, it stimulates a lot of freshwater growth. And, boy, the storms just wreak havoc on that. But those marshes like Biloxi is tough. Did you notice any islands out of place or uh, new cuts that have gone through, or does it look pretty much like the same you were vis- place you were visiting before the storm? Well, great question. Yesterday uh, we had a northeast wind about 30 degrees, so I chose to fish the shoreline um, between Marchette and Bayou Grande. So that would be a protected shoreline. And, you know, I know that shoreline like the back of my hand. And as we got along there and started fishing more and more, I did notice some things that were different. And I would look at my map and see several instances that to fish the shoreline, my map showed us on land. So what I did was touch my finger on the screen and made the picture on the map. The edge of the marsh, I made that a waypoint to see how much land loss we had. And it looks like about 150 feet of marsh that was missing. It's really close to the edge of the lake, but I never could get into it. Well, now I can get into it. There's an opening probably 30 feet wide that you can go in. Obviously, I thought the storm created that opening, but actually what happened is the erosion, that pond is now part of the lake. So there are changes... In the marsh, uh, there's some areas that fell you know, where it's normally been two feet deep, and now it's more like 12 inches. So you just got to be real right. cautious when you go through there and don't get as close to the marsh as you think you normally should be before you shut down and, you know, really proceed slowly. Yeah. Always going to be changes, and it's good to do some reconnaissance missions like you did to scout it out and make notes. Well, Mike, thanks for the report. Um, you know, a lot of people that fish areas like Grand Isle, Leeville, Golden Minute, they're not going to be fishing there for a while. Uh, just like we talked to Captain Kirk on the western end of the state, you being on the eastern end, gr- great that you're up and running full speed. Tell people how to get a hold of you, and if they're new to the area, you know, what type of fishing you offer. They can chat with you or go on your website, and they can find you on my website website at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, but give them your direct website and telephone number. Very simple, Don. You can find me at AAofLA.com, and my phone number is 985-781-7811. Now, Don, I did see a few teal yesterday. I saw six. Uh, They hovered around for a little while, kind of circled us. I also wanted to tell you that Wrigley's Marina... They do not have any live bait. I did get a report that the Point Marina was up and running, and I don't know whether they have live bait or not. And what about Island Lake Catherine Island Marina? I think they're any doing word? some repair. I, I think the back down's available. I don't think the general store is open. Mm-hmm. But you can launch at Wrigley's. Uh, that's that's fine. They just don't have any live bait. Correct. All right. Great info. Uh, Mike, we got, we got a change in our Southside Cafe appearance coming up next week. We're not going to be there Monday, Wednesday, 4 to 6, doing happy hour. I know you and Jacqueline, it was great having you all there. If you got a chance, stop by and see us. Amazing, Don. I'll be hungry Wednesday, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> we'll hope to see you all then, Mike. All right, Don. Hopefully we can make it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to be at uh, Martha Spencer, uh, my co-host on uh, Bayou Wild TV, and Chris LeCock, our cameraman. Uh, we go there twice a month, normally Mondays, but we've got a lot of jumbling around, changes in schedule. So this Wednesday coming, 
from 4 to 6. Come by, have a great meal. We bring a lot of prizes. We have raffles. We have a lot of fun. And you might end up on Bayou Wild TV, so be careful. At Southside Cafe, it's on Highway 11 in Slidell. It's the place to eat and have a, a nice cold adult beverage in Slidell. All right, coming back after this, uh, Brendan Bayard is pinch hitting for Captain Eric Mohabarak. He's up next in the batter's box on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And we have a special stroker's report. Some people call it a paddler's slash peddler if you got the foot pedal models. And it's in conjunction with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, presented by Massey's Outfitters, Mid-City, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Covington, Best kayak fishing models like Hobie, Jackson Kayak, and Native Watercraft. Look on their website for products and also when those demo days are scheduled. That's MasseyOutfitters.com. You can also check them out on Facebook. Brendan Bayard joins us now. And, uh, Brendan, I, I guess the, the thing that's on people's mind that are paddlers, uh, fortunately, you don't need a lot of infrastructure to launch a kayak, sometimes just a, a place to park on the side of the road and slip it in. But there have been some special kayak launches created over the years. If you could give us kind of a quick rundown on those that you know of that are inoperable or inaccessible, those that are accessible, and then uh, maybe we'll get into some rescheduling of some of the events because kayak events have really taken a beating this year with between the, the pandemic and, and the hurricane. So if you would, give us some rundown. Okay. Um, actually, uh, you know, some of the places are inaccessible right now just because of road closures where you can't get down there. I think you've probably been talking about those places like, you know, Grand Isle or, or very south uh, parts of Plaquemines Parish maybe. Um, I know they cleared some of the road in Plaquemines, but they weren't letting people down until uh, safe light because there was a lot of uh, wildlife on the roads and stuff still. So if you can get down there uh, and launch, it's it's probably okay, but you're going to have to be in and out during daylight hours. So you're not going to be able to start, you know, dark and early, as I like to say, in the uh, in the summertime when it's cool. You'll have to probably plan your trip to, uh, you know, get right at the parish line at uh, – are at that roadblock about seven and then you know go down and, and launch but um out west all the kayak launches are open uh getting getting some reports from uh lake calcasieu uh the northern part of the lake is, is producing a few trout up there by uh, joe's cove and in the lake uh flounder are all over the ship channel uh running north to south in lake uh in big lake uh west cove is full of bull reds right now uh but not too many trout are in west cove right now for whatever reason um, Sippermore Point is, uh, the water's getting better. The trout haven't showed up yet, uh, but a lot of people are, uh, anxiously waiting. You'll go out there and you'll see a few boats waiting on the, uh, on the reefs at the end of the, uh, Quintana Canal. Uh, they should show up any day now. They just haven't really shown up yet. So we're waiting on that to, uh, bust open, if you will. Um, going to Hopedale, uh, you know, it's just, it's probably one of those things where you, you're going to have to, uh, wait to a safe light. I know a lot of the, facilities like Sweetwater and stuff are full of mud. Um, I don't know exactly what's going on with some of the more combat launches like the old Pips launch where you used to go into the lagoon or uh, over there at Breton Sound. But um, I would I would plan, if you're going east anywhere, I would plan to go uh, at, safe, at Safe Light and bring a lot of uh, tire repair kits just in case it's anything like after Katrina where we're running over debris and stuff on the road. Exactly. Any word on Point of Shan? You know, they just finished that redoing that little kayak dock down there. I guess that was pretty much destroyed. Yeah, I think uh, Lisa and Eddie are down there living right now, rebuilding, and uh, I think they have a, a load of lumber coming in to rebuild that kayak launch. Um, the store and everything is is uh, mostly salvaged, but the kayak launch itself, with the floating pads and stuff, have to be rebuilt. So I think you can go down there and launch. Uh, but it's not the same experience right now. They're rebuilding it. Absolutely. Okay, update us on the, the, the tournaments. Uh, Ride the Bull, unfortunately, was canceled, I mean, the day of the storm. Uh, have you all have y'all been able to reschedule Fallen Tide? I know you were trying to look for an alternative location yeah. for that. What? Yeah, luckily uh, we reached out to Delta Marina, and uh, they were gracious enough to uh, let us come in pretty last minute, if, you, if I do say so, and uh, – we're going to be uh, having Fallen Tide over there that um, mid-October weekend of the 15th-ish uh, over there at Delta. So uh, that should be pretty good. I know uh, Plaquemines, is, uh, they're doing some, 
some uh, engineer breaks in the levee to kind of drain some of that water out right now. So uh, I think all signs are pointing to that uh, that area is going to be fixed sooner than later. But uh, you know, fingers crossed. You always get unforeseen challenges, and uh, I'm looking forward to fishing down uh, down Highway 23 because that's traditionally where we've had fallen tide. So uh, pretty excited. Yeah, that should be good. In uh, mid-October, I'm sure they'll be back up and running. Uh, you know, talked to the sheriff of the parish this morning. It sounds like the restoration is well underway. And they got a ways to go, but it should be in good shape by then. What's the future of Ride the Bull? Uh, this year's just permanently canceled. Uh, uh, and who knows what the future will be for next year? Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thinking Grand Isle might be uh, more visitable maybe after, you know, Christmas or I don't know. We'll have to kind of keep uh, touch base with them. You know, uh, they have a lot of rebuilding to do, obviously. So uh, it's a very sad situation, but uh, I'm sure they're going to rebound. And I think a lot of people are going to be ready for Ride the Bull next year. Uh, and I know they're giving out those captain's bags. I saw Rad posted a message on Facebook where you can pick up your swag bag and they're going to raffle all those prizes. So that's uh, still a pretty fun thing that they're doing with the Ride the Bull contestants absolutely very good brendan thanks for the update we appreciate it my friend all right sir have a good one take care we'll talk to you next time brendan bayard one of our two field reporters for our bayou coast kayak fishing club paddlers reports all right coming up next uh if you are a potential bad boy of the outdoors be warned this next case has a message be careful for the eye in the sky We'll be back with that story right after this timeout. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. In a, a follow-up story to a previous Bad Boy of the Outdoors episode, I wanted to, to let you know about Captain Jeremy Roussel. Um, we had reported that he pled guilty to a fourth offense for not abiding by the charter boat guide regulations, uh, not having the proper licensing. And uh, I talked to Jeremy about this, and, and you know, he, he does not admit that uh, he does admit his guilt. He is at fault. But he wanted to, to make sure that his customers know that he's never been charged with any fishing violations, that this has all been basically license violations, which he accepted full responsibility for not doing that. And he got his license now and said he's going to be working on the, on, on you know, keeping it up to date, and uh, he wants his customers to know that uh, he's still up and operating business with his bow fishing unlimited. I've been with the guy. He's got great equipment. He's a good fisherman, and I, I really was puzzled by this this reluctance to have his licensing done, but uh, he kind of got caught up a little bit. I'm not going to say it was uh, totally uh, not his fault. It certainly was, and he admits that. But anyway, uh, Jeremy Russo uh, hopefully will be able to stay on the, the right side of the law from here on out and continue to become one of uh, Louisiana's qualified charter boat operators. All right, right after this quick 10-second uh, pause, we're going to be back and uh, tell you about uh, some more bad boys of the outdoors and how they were caught by the eye in the sky. We're back right after we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Using aerial surveillance from a drone, Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries agents Captain Brian Marie, Sergeant Michael Garrity, and Corporal Brett Neighbors observed and recorded four subjects taking oysters from an area deemed polluted by Louisiana Department of Health. After making contact with the subjects in two boats and finding them in possession of five sacks of oysters at least a full mile inside of the closed areas, They were cited, and if convicted, facing a $950 fine, loss of oyster licenses, 40 hours of trash truck duty, and up to 120 days in jail, are 47-year-old Sandra Reyes-Vasquez, 17-year-old Marvin Hernandez, 37-year-old Wilmer A. Perez, all of La Rose, and 62-year-old Javier Garcia of Parody, our bad boys of the outdoors. Yep, they're using uh, high-tech equipment now. We actually recorded them, had them in the act of breaking the law. And i got to tell you, uh, this is really, you might say, oh, I'm just fishing oysters in a closed area. This is serious business. Uh, 
you put oysters, contaminated oysters, into the marketplace, it's going to cause illness, sickness, possibly fatalities, and not to mention what it does to destroy the oyster industry, the integrity of the industry. It's very serious when people are, uh, they know areas are closed and they go harvest those oysters anyway. And glad to see the department staying on top of it and using some of the latest technology to do it. All right, coming back after this, it's teal season, opening morning. Is Ryan Lambert in a teal blind? Is he in Mexico? Is he in Montana? Is he in Luling? Is he... Where is Ryan Lambert, our plastic man? We'll find out right after this three-minute pause on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Lambert loves plastic fishing bait, but not so much on BBs. Plastic BBs don't work so well. He uses steel shot and lead depending on what he's hunting. Captain Ryan joins us now. Ryan, are you in the duck blind? It's opening morning of teal season. If you're not, I'm disappointed because this will be the first one you've missed in a long time. And forever, buddy, and forever. They, they, they didn't want us down there. They didn't, they didn't want anybody hunting plaquemines. You know, they just, the sheriff put out a letter saying there's mandatory evacuation and from from dark to daylight, and they were turning boats around from what I understand. So I didn't want to push it. You know, I'm sitting on my on my back porch, and daylight at my house never disappoints with ducks and got 100 squealers here and, you know, all the ibis and bakeraw. So I haven't heard one shot off of Salvador, though, over the ring of generators. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine there'd be many people would, would be able to access down there. Now, we had the Sheriff Turlich on earlier, and he mentioned the east side is open because they got power restored. Bessels is in operation, but that west side, yeah, they're only letting folks go down uh, during the daylight hours. And, you know, I guess and, and the report I got was that most of the birds down there were, were going to be on that uh, that east side, you know, um, across from Venice because uh, – it says the wild rice and the delta duck potato and the submerged vegetation was only had limited damage from the high water salinity east of the mouth of the Mississippi River, you know, over by the Baptiste-Colette area, which is not far from you. Have you been able to get into your marsh and look it over? No, I haven't. I haven't gone. I've had a chainsaw in my hand for, since the day the storm came. Uh, I got three hundred three <laughs> trees down here. Whew. So. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare. But I, I figured I would come and stay one more day and try to get this thing opened up. And uh, the, the birds are down there. But, you know, with all those fields on, on the 23 flooded, the birds are all in those flooded fields, too. So, you know, it, same thing with Katrina. Dispersed the birds so badly until that water went down. But, you know, we could go kill them. But if I don't have customers and... I don't know. I, you know, I'm disappointed. I'm not there too, buddy. But you got to do what's right sometimes. So. Uh, yep. But you know that happened uh, last time too. We had high water in those fields, and and that's where they went. They went into those, you know, normally hard bottom oh, hey. dry fields, and they had just a couple inches of water on it. They love it in there. Oh, Teal loved that. You know, and plus if the water's high in the marsh. But I did see one video from the east side that uh, there's a bunch of teal there, and you know those teal. They don't know the east side from the west side. They just pass them through. <laughs> and I, I have, yeah. you know, I have tons and tons of duck potatoes. So I'll, I'll have birds. You know, I'll go down, you know, I might go down today and, you know, I got water at the lodge. I'll have power any time now. So things will come around this week and I'll get opened back up. A lot of people won't be able to open back up. There's a lot of a lot of damage in, in different places. But the fishing's going to be great. The river's going to be two and a half, you know, that's stellar stuff right there, buddy. The water on the east side is crystal clear from when I, you know, the east side of the river is crystal clear. And, you know, when they say the east side of the river, you know, that's where I hunt anyhow. <laughs> yeah, so that's true. The west, side, the west side didn't have anything to begin with. So the thing you have to worry about right now is everywhere you go, you have these floating islands, you know, that float on because we, we've disconnected the river from, from our marshes so long ago, all, all that marsh that disconnected from the ground is floating around. Just like in Betsy and, and all the other hurricanes, that stuff is everywhere. You know, wherever you had tidal surges, it's in the houses. But on the bayous and Lake Salvador and all, it's just islands with trees floating around. So you have to be yeah. very careful right now. The whole landscape has changed. No matter if you're looking at my golf course or if you're looking in the marsh, 
your landscape has changed. Where the hurricane came through, like in St. Charles Parish, you won't recognize your area. You won't recognize your marsh. You won't recognize your pond anymore. So you have to be very careful learning everything again. And uh, just fish your way in or put your way in, and that way you don't have to push your way out. They got a new term out there now, Ryan, and it's just about what you were just talking about called Cajun icebergs. Uh, uh, somebody down in Lower Lafitte, they told me that the, that the marsh is floating everywhere, and they saw one piece that was turned upside down, and it was barely visible, and they're calling it a Cajun iceberg. The bigger part of it, which would have been on the top before the storm, is now on the bottom, and it's floating around out there, and if you hit one of those, it's going to throw you out of the boat. He said some of them are big as, uh, as like, I think he said the big as 20, 20 yards square. That, that's that's oh, a yeah. pretty big oh, yeah. chunk of island floating around upside down. When you have float tone where the eye wall comes through, it just it just throws it up. And you know I've seen yep. it before. And, and what's going to really hurt is the shrimpers because all that stuff's sinking. And, and oh my god, it's going to be a nightmare for shrimpers here shortly. So yeah, you know, well it, you know. We'll really be able to notate it now because everybody's got their GPSs plotted. And when you go out there, it's going to show you uh, you're on land when you're going to be in water and you're going to be in water where you used to be on land. It's it's going to be a whole brave new world out there. Yeah, it just makes me want to do restoration even harder because we were very lucky in St. Charles Parish that the, water, the wind came southeast and didn't come southwest because – it could have got really, really ugly where I lived, and we didn't get the water. You know, by gosh, the was outside the levees. They got it bad, but that could have been a lot worse. I mean, we came a hair from drowning. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's bad enough, but I'm talking about it looks like a bomb went off in Luling. Yeah. It's, uh, every, it's 90% of the houses are damaged. And just the golf course alone, it got 363 trees down. That's <laughs> and not a one of them that, that's not broken up, so. I'm going to work on that today, and I think I'm going to go down this evening because, you know, i got a generator at the lodge, so I'm going to go down and put my boats together at least and get get, get ready because as soon as they say go, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, lodge is in great shape, and that's the, that's the good thing. Yeah, the fish is going to be great. We, we, we booked up like crazy, and, and now, in fact, I can book a few more because i got a few more beds for this fall, and, and I'm going to help some other guides out that's going to need work because like all the guys at Woodland Plantation, Woodland Plantation got hammered. I mean, Foster's yeah, got that. his hands. It's, did you go down there and see it? No, I haven't been there in person, but I saw the video and uh, I saw him, his interview, Foster Crepel, and, you know, that place did has you? been there for so many years and never been damaged like that before. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, uh, he's got probably eight foot of water and three foot of grass they think they're gonna be back up October, but they'll be lucky to get started by then. You know, then you gotta yeah, pull it, well. pull it down to two by fours, and pull all the wires. Oh, I've been there. I've got that T-shirt, and it's not a good one. So <laughs> yeah, well, you may be doubling your guide for us down out of operating out of your place. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna help everybody I can. I've had a few of them uh, call me already, so I'm just gonna book. You know, I've been turning down people for a good month now, so I'm just gonna. Book them and get get all them working, and and we'll have a good fall because this is the first fall in nine years that we'll be able to fish the river, and uh, it's incredible how pretty it is. I mean, in nine years, I almost forgot what it does. <laughs> Can't wait to get down there. Thanks, Ryan. If somebody needs to get a hold of you, whether it's fishing guides or want to come work out of your marina or see what uh, extra overflow work you might have, or if you got lodging available, give them that telephone number where they can get you. Yeah, 504-559-5111. And as usual, we're going to we do everything we can for everybody. Mighty generous. And if you hear some noise in the background, it's just a chainsaw. Don't worry about it. He's cutting trees. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. But if it opens up, I'll give you a call so you can come down and hunt. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. All right, buddy. See you there he is, our plastic man, Captain Ryan Lambert. Boy, he just never gives up. All right, you can't give up. you got to keep going on. All right, somebody just got power in West Thibodeau. I am glad to hear that. Got an exclamation point on it. Boy, when that power first comes back, it's like, oh, yeah. All right, we'll be back. Ooh, it's time to wrap it up. We'll do it right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. 
All right, just got a report on uh, a heads up on debris in Lake Bourne. If you're going to be headed out that way, uh, there's a few uprooted trees that floated out of the East Pearl and they're on the way to Half Moon. So if you're headed out that way, exercise extreme caution. No matter where you are, there's a lot of floating debris. There's islands of vegetation, grass that's popped up. Uh, Some of those logs are half submerged. You certainly don't want to hit those. Uh, Be very, very careful when you're motoring. Places to stay away from, Lower West Bank of Plaquemines. There's a curfew. There's roadblocks there. Uh, Grand Isle, Leeville, Golden Meadow, Fouchon, that central corridor, Highway 1. Uh, Please stay away. If you're a landowner, property owner, they're allowing you to go down there. But uh, just really don't have uh, the opportunity for fishermen and sightseers to be down there. Same thing with Lower Lafitte. Some of the roads are still underwater. They've got a temporary bridge across the bayou. Uh, Better to to hold off on making any plans to go down there for fishing or hunting trips. Uh, Speaking of hunting, uh, as a result of your responding to a message that the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service we put out on this show, they have expanded hunting and fishing opportunities across 2.1 million acres. Bayou Sauvage, Bayou Tesh, Big Branch Marsh, Bogachitta, Delta and Mandalay National Wildlife Refuges. They're all part of the southeast Louisiana complex. They have new and expanded hunting opportunities. And if you want to get a look at those, visit them. It's the Southeast Louisiana Refuges. They've got a brochure, new regulations. They've added species. They've added methods of take. And normally the pattern in this is to take more hunting opportunities away. This is adding a lot, and I'm really Glad to see that positive step forward. Again, it's Southeast Louisiana Refuges. Look it up. There's a little brochure and a permit that you sign and allows you passage. All right, we'll be back again to do this next week, 5 to 7 a.m. Don't forget, Wednesday, if you're going to be around the Slidell area, Southside Cafe. Come enjoy some great seafood, sandwiches, local dishes, happy hour. Martha Spencer, Chris Lecoq, and I with Bayou Wild will be there from 4 to 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Got a teal hunt on Tuesday. Maybe we can compare notes. See how you did. We'll be back again next week with two-hour journey to the great outdoors on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.